Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Turning Point Podcast. My guest today is Chelsea Brooke. She's a professional counselor, published writer, blogger, Pathfinder coach, and internationally known figure for helping introverted women live a passionate and purposeful life. Her mission is to inspire introverted women to live connected to their true purpose and to share the most authentic version of themselves with the world. I did want to make an announcement before kicking off the show. I have expanded the podcast onto YouTube. Currently, I have one video posted there, but it would be a mix of creativity, habits, podcasting videos, and also a couple of interviews that I might do as a audio version. I will also be posting the video interview on YouTube. This podcast is brought to you by Skillshare. Get two premium months free by going to turningpointpodcast.com. Skillshare is a platform where you can learn anything from photography, cooking, designing, coding, whatever new skill you want to pick, you can find someone that either has experience or is a professional on that expertise. And now, enjoy the show. Hi, Chelsea. Thank you so much for being part of the Turning Point Podcast today. I appreciate it. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I like to start basically by understanding my guest's journey. How did you start in entrepreneurship? What were you doing before that? Just really understanding your background. Uh, can you share that with us? Um, just a snapshot, as detailed as you want. And that's from the beginning as you want diapers or, you know, 20s, 30s, whatever <laughs> you feel like. Okay. So growing up, I experienced a lot of the challenges common to introverts. I often felt out of place and awkward during social situations. I didn't understand the anxiety that came from making small talk or being in large groups. And I often received so much advice about how I should just stop thinking so much and get out of my shell and speak up. But I soon discovered that I wasn't any of the things that others had said about me. I was simply an introvert. And being one of those typical overachiever kind of people, I started college at 16 and majored in psychology and sociology, where I really dove deep into the introvert temperament and learned the best ways to work with my unique personality type. And then I went on to graduate with a 4.0 in my graduate studies and um, got a master's in counseling. So at that point, I began working as a professional counselor and really further honed in my knowledge and skill set on personal development, positive psychology, and also started working with introverted women on how to find their path and passion, develop self-belief in who they are, and really learn the unique mindset strategies that they would need to succeed in their business and career and life. Um, you know, introverted women are such a unique group because we're often so misunderstood and misguided and mislabeled on who we are, who we think we should be, that when we go to pick a career, we're not basing it on who we are and our strengths, but this extroverted ideal that we've been taught to live up to our whole lives. And the other piece of this is I really wanted to empower women and specifically introverted women that regardless of their life situation or what was going on, that they could find a career and a passion that they love and make great money at it as well. So I know for me personally, like my dad left when I was 16, I've been married and divorced. So I know that feeling of just wondering what your life is going to look like and not knowing you know, the best decisions to make or feeling like you're making decisions out of right. fear or the need to survive instead of facing what you really want. So, and I've seen that so often with my clients as well, similar experiences like that. So that's just kind of a nutshell of why I started this personal and professional experiences and really just wanting to empower and support this unique group of introverted women to be able to find their path and passion 
and and create a life that they love. Was it a, a strategy move to focus on women versus on women and men? Um, not not per se. I just think that I connected with that group. Obviously, I'm an introverted woman, and so I had that unique background and perspective. And then through my work, I just ended up connecting with introverted women. So it just kind of went from there. All right. And so, what is the name of your current business? And if people want to learn more about it, where would they be able to do that? Yes. So I'm the Pathfinder, and I help introverted women create a passionate and purposeful life. So it's the best way to learn more about that, I would suggest actually have a free training series up right now where you can figure out your path and passion, develop that self-belief and the mindset strategies that you need as a unique introverted woman or as an introverted woman. So you can go to thepathfinderforyou.com slash free and then you can get that information there. I know that while you were going through kind of your history, you mentioned that introverted women are usually misunderstood. Um, maybe maybe put in some sort of box and right and that's their definition that's what people i think on a professional spectrum but also on a personal level as well so on relationships they they get that label what what yeah. do you think that happens and what would you recommend to women that are in that um in that spot right now right yeah that's a great question so like i said throughout our lives we're so often misunderstood and mislabeled and if i could get into a little bit of why that is by explaining a little more about what introversion is, because I think that's an important place to start. So I actually looked up what the dictionary defines as an introvert, just to see what it said. And it said that introverts are a shy, withdrawn person. And I was like, oh no, that's not, it shows a cultural <laughs> bias so much. One of the first things that I always tell my clients and I advocate for is that introversion and shyness are not the same thing. So an introvert is a unique personality type and a temperament and shyness is actually a social anxiety. So whereas introverts may be shy, extroverts can be shy too. So they're not synonymous and they're not the same thing. So the main difference between introverts and extroverts is how we process and respond to information. So if you're having a conversation and an extrovert is listening to you and then they're just kind of responding, they're just saying the first thing that comes to mind. Whereas an introvert, they're actually using a longer, more complex, different pathway in the brain. So they're hearing you and they're processing what you're saying and then they're thinking about how they wanna respond or other times that they've been asked that question or they're thinking about the right words to use to convey how their response or how they, what they wanna say. And at this point, you're wondering what's going on, like it's been too long or, or they've moved on altogether. So that's just one of the ways that introverts are often misunderstood and then misguided yes. because you, you're looked at as, oh, well, you're just kind of disinterested or bored or because we lose our train of thought or we can't find the right word that we want to say. So sometimes we're underestimated actually a lot, especially in career and work for not being quick-witted or not being social enough and things like that. So growing up with that mis misunderstanding of who you are and not having that appropriate feedback to let you know that you're okay can just set you up for not choosing a career and a life path that's really in alignment with who you are. Yeah. And that's, that's very interesting because I've, I've always, I don't think I consider myself. I think other people do it for me. They consider me an extrovert, <laughs> but then I'm always like, I'm a little bit of an introvert too. Cause there's days where I'm kind of a, like social butterfly. So if I go to a party or something, I'm, I'm always talking to people and like, it's not, it doesn't give me like anxiety to do that. 
But then there's days where I don't yeah. feel like doing that. There's, there's days that I just want to do my hobbies and that I want to be with my dog or just do something where I don't really have to be put on the spot and like in a party and, you know, telling stories and, and being like in a fun environment. I just want to do something more relaxing and, and kind of just, yeah, just take a day to yourself. Right. And it's funny because I say that and people are like, right. no, you would never do that. Like you're such social, like how about would you be home? And I'm like, well, sometimes people need breaks. I think you could be a combination of both. Do you, do you agree with that? That you yeah. can Yeah. Yeah. They, they actually recently came out with a term an ambivert. So if you're just like, it, it's kind of like a spectrum. So, you know, introversion, extroversion, and ambivert kind of has the best of both worlds, I guess. And you brought up another great point of a difference between introverts and extroverts is just our social batteries, how we recharge. So whereas an introvert, you know, they recharge by being alone and being in solitude. And even if they're enjoying themselves, they can be with family and friends and environments that they, they enjoy being in. It's still their social batteries being drained, whereas an extrovert actually gets excited and energized by being around other people and their batteries are drained by being alone. So yeah, that's another great point. Great. As, as part of your business as work, working with introverted women, do you also, um, I don't know why I think this is tied to it, but do you also help them maybe achieve certain goals that they maybe they, they couldn't because they feel that because they're introverted, they, that's a limitation on their end. Like, do you help them build, um, I guess, I don't know if confidence would be the right word, but I guess the confidence to kind of, write down those goals, kind of put deadlines on them and achieve them? Is that also part of, of what you do? Yes, definitely. So I work with introverted women and it's a three-part process. So the first thing I do is help you discover your passion, discover that thing that you, that you want to be doing to give you that direction. And then we dive deep into developing the self-belief because a lot of times, like we've talked about, they are so misunderstood or, or they may even see. I know I did for a long time and I was even fortunate enough to be raised by a mom who was an introvert and an empath, but we didn't know to call it introvert. And so I really didn't get into that until more of my adult life. Um, and you can absolutely limit yourself because of that. And the third piece is creating a success mindset. And really for any personality type, but especially for introverts, there are unique mindset strategies that you need. And, and I can go into a little bit more of that as well, if you want to dive into how to make those habits stick. Oh, that was actually my second question. Like, I've been reading a lot about habits, and I've um, I have in my to do list to read uh, Atomic Habits, uh, which is a book that recently yeah. came out on how to kind of build habits that stick. Um, and I wanted to know maybe in your experience working with clients, um, what have you seen, and in, in why do you think habits don't stick, or like yes. it's so hard to get them to stick? Better yet, let me rephrase. <laughs> yeah. <that. laughs> It really can be. Yeah. So I, I kind of explain it like this. Like, would you ever think of flying a plane without any prior training or guidance? Like, no, we would think that's kind of crazy. Right? I don't even like flying. Um, so I don't even think. I could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But in our bodies, we have one of the most complex machines, our brain, but then most of us don't even know how it works or how to use it. So you're either working with your brain or it's working against you. And that's why it's so important to understand that and have a little bit of an understanding of what's going on in your brain because habits are often formed automatically and subconsciously. So you really don't even know that a habit is being formed until you try to change it or you have some kind of negative outcome because of the habit. So understanding what the two main jobs of the brain are is super helpful in, in making sure those habits stick. So the two main jobs of the brain are to keep you safe and to conserve energy or to 
stick with the familiar. So we'll take the first one, keeping you safe. And this is true not just of physical harm or danger, but also keeping you safe from emotional or mental harm. So let's say you have a new habit that you want to pursue or a new goal you want to achieve. The first thing your brain is going to do is go back into its memory banks and think, okay, is there another time that you've ever pursued something, tried to achieve something, changed this habit, addressed this issue? How did that go? Were you ever embarrassed, ashamed, disappointed, ridiculed? Did you actually follow through or did you fall off? And if it can find anything where you did, which most of us have those experiences in our life where it didn't work out, then all of a sudden your fear brain is going to take over and you're going to start thinking, I, I just don't know about this. Like I'm feeling kind of anxious. I just, you had, you had all this excitement and motivation to pursue this new goal or make this new habit. And all of a sudden you don't understand why you just lost interest or you're just really feeling that resistance to pursuing it. So that's the first piece. And the second piece is that your brain wants to conserve energy or keep you in the familiar. And your brain doesn't care whether a habit is helpful or unhelpful. It only knows this is how we operate in this situation. So obviously, you know, pursuing a new goal, becoming a better version of yourself, achieving something, it's going to take a lot more conscious awareness and, and effort yes. at first. And so that's where you're also going to get that initial resistance. Um, or strain and just pushing forward and you're not going to understand that because all this is happening subconsciously unless you're aware that this is how your brain works and this is how your body responds when you're trying to pursue, pursue something new you're you're going to fall off and you're not going to be able to stick with it but uh, even understanding what's going on in the background can really be helpful in making sure that that habit sticks. That's great because usually I, I hear kind of the same advice over and over again and it's like, be consistent with your building habit and kind of this two-day rule where it's like, don't, if you're building a habit, don't go more than two days without doing it because you might risk kind of breaking that, uh, creating that habit. Um, have, have you, yeah. I'm pretty sure you heard consistency. Have you heard of the two-day rule? I, I don't know why, it's been, it's been in YouTube for, for a while now where like several videos pop up for me where it's just people talking about it. Yeah, of course. And and that's why I love a brain-based perspective. Obviously, I have a background in that. Yep. But I just think it's so important to be able to explain that and describe that to people. And you don't have to know all the terminology and everything, but just having a basic understanding of your of your brain is going to be so helpful in knowing what's going on and how to achieve goals and make habits stick. And funny enough, this this week is, is interesting that we're talking this week. This week, I got an alert from Netflix that there's a documentary coming out called uh, The Mind Explained. And it's different series of mm -hmm. like covering your sleep and anxiety and dreams and all. Of that. I, I, have, I haven't watched it yet. It's literally, I think, came out like yesterday. But I'm very interested in that. So I, right. And I think it's becoming a popular topic lately where people are interested. So now you have Netflix and Hulu and all those type of platforms creating those documentaries with professionals that have been studying this for a while to kind of give that, um, just provide more content, right? For the people that are looking for it from professionals, not someone who's just, you know, read a book and has given their two cents on the YouTube channel, right? So I think it's interesting how... <laughs> we're going in that direction. And uh, I think it's because the world that we're living in, right? Where we feel that we are in this constant, I uh, have to do this. I have to, I have this giant to-do list. I'm so busy. I'm so this, I'm so that. So I think people are starting to figure out that they need to plan their life a little bit better, build some habits and just, just define your own life, right? Just try to be, be, be a leader in your own life, right? Don't take the backseat on your life and just tell other people to, you know, to do what they want. Um, 
this is great. I wanted to go back to um, talking a little bit. I know that you define yourself as a pathfinder. Um, so I wanted to mm -hmm. kind of talk a little bit about path and passions. And what do you think is maybe the difference between, you know, a, a path and your passion? And, and passion is such a big topic because I think that's a, another thing that people have been talking about. For a while and and even people like gary vaynerchuk and a lot of people are like well you can make money out of your passion and some people feel like no i can't I have a family um but yeah go ahead i kept rambling on instead of just leaving you answering the question <laughs> <laughs> no no you're good yeah and you're so right finding your passion is such a big topic and that's kind of why i differentiate and that's why i say i'm the pathfinder because i see a passion as a part of finding your path or a part of your journey on your path, but definitely not the only thing. So your passion, you know, your interests, you know, things that you like to do, it can be things like that. But your path, I see, is more of a deep understanding and knowing of who you are, what your strengths are, and the difference that you want to make in the world. And once you have that guiding you, you know, the um, like who you were before you ever thought that you couldn't do something, who you were and what you wanted to do before you thought that you weren't good enough or pretty enough or smart enough or anything like that like connecting with the most raw part of you and getting down to that once you have that once you know who you are your strengths and the impact you want to make on the world even if your passion kind of fluctuates depending on your time of life or your experiences or whatever if you have that deep sense of knowing and on what your path is and the impact you want to make then you'll never wonder you know what direction am i going or get that terrible lost feeling of, of confusion so yeah it is important to know your passion but again i think it's most important to know your path the, the impact you want to make who you are and that's going to be your driving force for your life and career I agree 100% with that. And and it's interesting because I know a lot of people that might have like the nine to five job. They're always focused on the promotion to get more money. And I'm always telling people, I don't, you know, I don't really care about getting more money. It's just, it's obviously it's great. We need it to live. So don't get me wrong. But for me, I want to make an impact of whatever it is that I'm doing rather than increase my pace, my paycheck, because I I'm more of a minimalist, so I live more with intention. So whatever I own needs to have some sort of purpose, at least for me. And I identified that in the last year. And I think yeah. a lot of people, we we need to get to that point, to I guess to that emotional intelligence where people can just stop buying things to make themselves feel better and just buy the things because they need them, right? So at least that's, that's my two cents on that because I agree. It's really important to understand your path yeah. how do you want to make an impact and, and maybe your path and your passion at some point will just get together and it'll just be one right so but but it's really good to understand both so i agree with that as well right i wanted to go back um to talking about women a little bit um because i think it's very mm -hmm. interesting that you work uh with introverted women and that that's your focus um what are your views of women I guess, currently in the workplace and women currently at home. Um, I know also, again, it's a really popular topic because now as women are getting more education and whatnot, they're out there, they're working, and then they might want to have children. And it comes back to this conversation with their husbands or whether or not, hey, should I stay home? Are you going to stay home? Well, I'm the man. Maybe I don't want to stay home. Maybe you should stay home. Like It's very, everyone has a different opinion, but I want to see... Um, what you uh, as a professional would, would have to say about that and, and what do you think? Yeah. 
So I am all for women doing whatever they can and pursuing their own financial security apart from a relationship or family or anything like that. But I think the mistake that I see women make sometimes is we're all we're always talking about empowerment and you know not needing a man or just acting like your own man or something like that. And even within that, it still gives the impression that acting like a man, which is, you know, being uh, authoritative or diminishing your emotions or not expressing those as, as much and just being direct and logical is like the ideal way to be. And I think we kind of forfeit our own femininity and what we can bring by thinking that we always have to live in the masculine or we at least have to always bring that to the workplace and career and then only bring our feminine side to our relationships or our family. So I think we do a disservice when we when we separate it like that and that we truly show the beauty of the female sex and, and everything we are when we have that balance and bringing your feminine qualities into work and leadership positions and your career and not just leaving those at home and thinking that those are only for nurturing times or being a mom or something like that. So blending those together and not seeing that your masculine side is more valuable or your feminine side is more valuable, but that they're equally valuable and you can bring that part of you into whatever you do because that's going to be the most authentic thing. And that's another thing that I really work with introverted women on is being that authentic version of yourself, which is sometimes when we have to go back and see where you've been misguided or mislabeled, peel all of those layers off, and then you can find that direct authentic path to what you want your life to look like. That's right. And I, and I know there's some, I think there's some studies or something around, and I think this ties to a little bit what you were saying, on how women don't really know how to negotiate in the workplace. I, really, I don't know the number, so I could be talking nonsense, but I've, I've heard that there are several studies mm -hmm. and I've read different articles about it. Um, do you think that's actually true? And do you think women struggling a little bit with negotiating in the workplace has to do because they need a little bit more of masculine energy or is it because they're more of a feminist and they can't get through and they're, they're building obstacles for themselves when it comes down to negotiating a salary or even a salary and a title, right? Because it could be a promotion to something else. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's a, a, a great question. So I think what we're seeing is that for so long, you know, we've had this male-dominated culture, obviously, like we kind of have a still an extroverted-dominated culture. And so women are, you know, getting into the workplace more, they're, they're getting more degrees and opening more businesses and things like that. So I think over time, we'll kind of see that shift where, where we'll settle into, you know, what feminine and masculine looks like. But I think at first, or, or at least now, we're kind of changing that consciousness but originally you thought, you know, you have to, you have to be that masculine, you have to bring that side into work and into leadership. And I think that the change that we're seeing is women are slowly realizing or learning to navigate what that looks like of bringing your feminine side. And I think it's such a disadvantage if you don't, because bringing compassion and sensitivity and understanding into any situation, but especially leadership roles and positions and, and navigating everything in the workplace is a real advantage. So yeah, I think it, it can be a little bit of struggle since you know we've been, had more of a male-dominated, extrovert-dominated culture, but I think we're gonna get to that point where we'll see more of that balance of masculine and feminine qualities. And I think that's, I think that's the goal that we should all be striving for. Yep, I agree. And like in my professional career, you know, working, I, I work in the tech industry, but every time I've had uh, someone in upper management that's a woman, Personally, I feel like things 
go a little bit better. And it's not because I feel like they understand me or something <laughs> like that. I just feel like they're, I think they're a little bit more nurturing, but I think it's also nurturing and a little bit more organized. Like I've met a lot of men that are very organized, like beyond, like I respect them and I admire them. And definitely some mentors of mine, a lot of them in upper management are men. But personally, who I report to, um, I've seen the difference when I report to maybe a man and me and a woman. But that's, that's just me sharing something that I've noticed. I... I'm not, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. It's just something that I've noticed and working for a while now that that I've had that experience having different managers that might be women and different managers that might be men. Um, so I just wanted to make yeah, that. kind of pointing out the, exactly. You're just kind of pointing out those differences that when you when you're not afraid to bring in that feminine energy and, and feminine qualities and you don't see that as a disadvantage, it can really cultivate more positive relationships than just strictly being very direct and logical and assertive, that there is room for understanding and compassion. And you can still blend that with doing what you need to do as a leader, but, but doing it with sensitivity and respect. Exactly. I couldn't have said it better. Um, I kind of like to wrap up. There's been a great conversation, but I like to wrap up um, with two questions. Uh, one of them being, what have you read that you would recommend uh, a book that has made a difference in your life, if you have one? Yes, definitely. So um, I would recommend The Introvert's Edge by Matthew Pollard. That was a complete game changer for me when I first read that because there's, there's a whole nother section we could go into about introverts and sales. But as an introvert, the last thing you want to do is comes off, come off salesy or feel like you're being arrogant or talking about yourself too much. So introverts can really struggle with that. Um, but Matthew's approach is he's an introvert himself. And so he wrote it from this perspective and it was just a complete game changer for me on how I approach stuff. I felt so much more authentic with my sales process, working with clients, advocating for myself and doing it in a way that I didn't feel like I was betraying who I was. So I would definitely recommend that one. Awesome. Yeah, no, I'm going to add it to the list because um, if you go to the turningpointpodcast.com, I have a section where I put my guests' book recommendations. So definitely adding that one to the list. Um, the second question, how do you unwind at the end of the day? Uh, what hobbies bring you some sort of peace of mind from the day-to-day -day stress? Yeah, that's a great one and a great one to end on. Um, so uh, as I teach my clients, a lot of times self-care is so important. And of course, yep. you know, journaling, meditating, reflecting, taking a walk in nature, um, all of those things are super helpful. But if we just really water it down to we're only doing that for ourselves, we're still doing ourselves a disadvantage because how many times can we really fit in our day to make sure that we're, we're journaling and we're meditating and we're going for a walk? It can be hard to do that. So I also teach them some more mental strategies of just when you are feeling stressed of deep breathing or focusing on something positive or thinking about your goals and thinking about your why and your motivation, especially when you're, you're feeling stressed or you're feeling discouraged or anything like that. That also keeps me going, staying, staying focused and of course staying organized and I have a, a morning routine that helps and that nighttime routine really definitely helps to unwind as well, looking at the things that you're grateful for and kind of reviewing your day seeing where you're at with your goals and then having that motivation centerpiece and your why and, you know, your motivation for, for getting up in the morning for doing everything during the day is just so much more empowering than looking at all of the, the, the responsibilities or the tasks and the stress that you have, that you have going on. So doing all those things really helps me unwind at the end of the day, but then also keep my level of energy going throughout the day as well. 
That's awesome. No, I agree. I am, I'm using this app called Calm. Not sure if you heard of it, but they've done a couple of improvements to it. It's like a meditation app and they also have like um, nighttime stories. So if you don't want to like sleep with your TV on or something like that, but they, I, I noticed that they did an improvement and they have this part now where it's like a breathing timer. And I think it's just to show people how to kind of breathe when you're feeling like stressed out and, 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 kind of need that break from whatever it is that you're doing. And it was interesting because I'm like, I was, I was clicking on it, waiting for someone to start talking and there's like no one talking. It literally has like a circle and it kind of starts filling in when it tells you to breathe. But I, I was like literally waiting for a couple of minutes. I'm like, I don't, I'm, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. So I think it's something new <laughs> that they're trying to push out and um, definitely started using it because it, when you're feeling overwhelmed working on several things, like I work on several projects at the same time, sometimes you really need to just step away for a couple of minutes and, and take that breather. So I really like that they incorporated that in the app. Yeah, that's really cool. And it really shows how, like, we don't know what to do if we're not told what to do. Like if we don't have some kind of <laughs> task or obligation thrown at us, I don't know what to do. So exactly taking a moment, just sitting and meditating and breathing. It's like a whole new world. Well, thank you so much, Chelsea, for being here. I really appreciate it. The conversations was great. I think we covered so many different things between introverted women, passions, and just finding your path. And I think this is just a really good conversation, not only for women. I think men should also uh, listen to this and, you know, they're going to have moms and sisters and wives. So just understanding this uh, from that side, I think is also great. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you all enjoyed that interview with Chelsea, talking a little bit about introverts and extroverts and the difference. And there's really no being an introvert is better or being an extrovert is better. It's basically a balance in life. And even though you could be an extrovert like myself, you find that having that quiet time to kind of regroup and gather your thoughts is always great. If you are enjoying the podcast, like always, remember to leave a rating or a review or both on iTunes. Share the link Turning Point Podcast with your friends and family so they can feel inspired to listen to it as well. For now, peace out. See you next time.